from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is... The Good Atheist. Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net podcast. My name is Jacob Forte, and today I have a very special guest for part two of our Christmas special. Yes, part two is after Christmas. Screw you guys, I was on vacation. Today my special guest comes all the way from Calgary, and her name is Carissa Hendricks. She's a wonderful, talented, and beautiful young woman, and you may recognize her, if you're a fan of the site, as the Atheist Panty Girl. Mm-hmm. Say hi, Carissa, to everybody. Hi, everybody. See, that's everybody, Carissa, Carissa, everyone. Now the introductions are done, we get to go along with the show. Awesome. Very exciting. <laughs> you like being here? Uh, yeah. I like being anywhere that is in Calgary for some reason lately. Wow. Why? What's wrong with Calgary? Um, nothing in particular. Just it's it's nice to get out and away from the uh, probably most conservative city in Canada. You know, I think that this is a pretty unique opportunity for us to kind of, for, for everybody that listens to the show that doesn't know much about either Canadian politics or just Canada in general, you guys are going to get a little bit of an education because I live in, a, in, in, in Quebec, which is an easternmost province, and it's a very socialist kind of place. Would you agree? I would completely agree. Yeah. Extraordinarily socialist. Now, <laughs> if you recall, any of you guys who listened to the previous show where I talked to PZ Myers... Uh, he had commented that uh, Alberta was uh, the Texas of Canada, I think is the way that yeah, he Yeah, which, which I appreciated in two ways. One, he's correct, and two, ouch, my heart. <laughs> ouch, Texas, really? I'm sure that all the Calgarians <sighs> out there really felt uh, a bit of a burn. I was burned. Oh. I felt very burned. You felt burned? I mean, it's not that it's not true. It's just like, don't point it out, guys. My God. Well, you know, I was always surprised by how many fans uh, that are actually in Calgary. I have to assume that although the atheist scene isn't very big, because it's super conservative over there, you have to be a little bit more vitriolic. Is that, is that well, true? Well, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm not sure what city it is in the United States, but they did a big atheist conference in one of those really conservative cities in the States, and they assumed they wouldn't get a big turnout. But because it was so conservative, they had a huge turnout because the people there are so angry and they feel so... Uh, so much more segregated and isolated that when you do something like a conference, they tend to come out more because they feel more isolated. So it's the same thing in Calgary. I mean, you probably get more interest down there because people feel like they're a little bit more oppressed and therefore they're a little bit more angry. And I mean, I think you appeal to angry atheists. <laughs> do I now? Is that my appeal? Uh, angry atheists. Yeah, I oh, would. I would think so. That's good. That's great. I am the angry atheist. Maybe that's what I should call myself. But I think it was already taken. The angry atheist. Was that was that a consideration? No, well, he didn't start off angry. I think if everybody goes back and listens to some of the old radio shows, they were like, oh, well, he seems reasonable and he seems friendly enough, although the radio show sucked. And then when I started getting a little bit more angry, I think the the radio show quality generally improved. You know, a, a lot of anger can be very entertaining. I mean, otherwise, people like Jack Black would have no career. Jack Black. Or who am I thinking? You're thinking Louis Black. I'm thinking Louis Black. I'm thinking Louis Jack Black. Black's not too angry. He's no. just goofy and, and, in my opinion, generally unfunny. Yeah. <laughs> Louis Black, whoever, is very funny. And you he's find? entirely funny because he's so angry. You yeah, know what? That is, that is his one 
There's just one endearing When quality. he does that thing with his face where he just goes, blah, or whatever, he shakes his face because he's so upset, that is so satisfying to watch. It looks like a bulldog shaking it. his face. It's it disgusting. totally does. It's disgusting. It's not disgusting. Now, here's, here's something interesting because, again, you know, uh, from the perspective of the, the – we're from different provinces, and in a way, even though me and Chris are very similar on many things – um, we have obviously a different background because of the countries that we came from. Uh, not countries, but the, because of the provinces that we came from. Now, Absolutely. I take my atheism for granted here in, in Quebec because the Quiet Revolution in this province, uh, if you don't know what the Quiet Revolution was in the 1960s in Quebec, uh, intellectual movement basically took over uh, school systems and hospitals, which used to be run by the Catholic Church, and it became kind of a very secular movement. So for the most part, even in Quebec, while it's still religious, the elites in this province are obviously atheistic. So to some degree, if you're a bit of an intellectual in this province, you don't really feel as if there's any kind of religious undertones or, you know, all the smart people are pretty much don't believe. <laughs> I think that comment is going to make a lot of local people angry. Local people? There are no local people who listen to the show, okay? No. no I, think, I think I've met Not one yet. fan uh, so far in, 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 in Montreal. In a city of like, what, three or four million I think I get like three people that listen to the show. You know what? uh, There's no reason. You said it yourself. There's no reason to be vitriolic over here because it just generally does not freaking matter. That's true. That's true. And even the way, I mean, we were walking around downtown and even the churches here, I didn't see a single church here that had been built in the last 30 years. They're all old, really nice, super nice. And there's nobody there. Churches. Yeah. You ever see anybody on the steps? No. No. It's a tourist attraction. In Calgary, it's the complete opposite. I mean, um, there's a city hall center, and we used to have we had the Olympics one year. So city hall's right across from uh, Olympic Plaza in Calgary, and uh, downtown between those two really busy areas of the city, there's always this strip, and it's just full of like preachers and freaking uh, people giving out food to the homeless and Bibles and like. Did you say freak. You are you are allowed to say fuck on this radio show, by the way. You don't have to say freak. Did I say freak? (laughs) You said freaking. I think I'm being careful. I don't know why. You're so careful. This show is rated R. Okay, well, fuck. There. Oh, yeah, we finally got her to say it. Does that feel good? Yeah, it does a little bit. Good. But yeah, there there are literally people on the street in one of, of the uh, most busy areas of town in Calgary all the time, including in the dead of winter, preaching. And it's just like, and it's, you just walk by it, it's normal. And here, there's none of that. You guys have all these beautiful, amazing churches. You guys could probably get away with that more because there's no churches around where they do that downtown. Well, you you know what? I don't know. I should probably take you there before you leave Montreal, but uh, you ever hear the uh, of the Oratoire Saint-Joseph? No. It's probably one of the more famous churches in North America. It's gigantic. It looks like a big, giant boob right on uh, on Mount Royal, which is sort a of like... A boob? The, yeah, it kind of looks like a big, giant boob. It's got a dome, you okay, know? Okay, dude, if it doesn't at all look like a boob, I'm going to make fun of you for freaking ever, because... It totally looks like a boob. Don't worry about it. But anyways, the, the whole thing is you don't want to go there in the winter, because it looks kind of depressing, but in the summertime... It's absolutely gorgeous, but the crazy thing about this one is that Saint Joseph was like this, pretty much this Quebec saint, and like most Roman Catholic uh, landmarks, they have like these really disturbing uh, relics. Like they have on display his mummified heart <laughs> at the place. Like you can see it, you know. That's really creepy. It is really creepy, and 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 pretty much what what people do at the uh, at the oratory is that they will. There's like a, you know, I don't know how many stairs that lead up, but it's actually pretty high up. And you will see once in a while, though less now, 
but you'll see once in a while people crawling up the stairs on their knees thinking that if they do that they might get you know healed because somebody at one time or another claimed that there was a miracle some doofus said yes it was a miracle and now a bunch of very desperate people are skinning their knees trying to seek a miracle that is so sad. Do you want to go see some sad people? No, that's no? just sad. I mean, I probably should face that kind of crap, but I, I don't know. I just want to pretend that people aren't that naive. Well, Can I do that? I don't... Uh, I can't handle that. That's so ridiculous. I can't handle naivete. Wow. <sighs> you know, you're doomed as a human being. I know. I know. <laughs> okay, before we... Uh, before... Because uh, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your your faith history. But before we do that... Let's talk about Santa Claus again. Now, if you guys listened to the last show, me and Jeff, uh, we basically had a bit of a... I don't know if it's an argument, because Jeff doesn't argue with me on the show. But we had a bit of a discussion about Santa Claus, which I believe is an opportunity to um, teach kids the value of... How much, uh, the values of skepticism and understanding also that adults are full of shit. Now... You think differently on this matter. I think very differently. And I want to hear your opinions about why we should not perpetuate the myth of Santa Claus. Go. Okay. Um, this is my, me going? Yes. Okay. Can I just go straight or am I going to get interrupted? Just so I, I know how don't to don't guarantee that you will not be interrupted. This is my okay. show. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'll be prepared. All right. First of all, I just feel really uncomfortable lying to children. I've worked with kids for a while as a teacher. Um teaching a couple of different things in some private schools in Calgary, and I just, every time I have to lie to a child, I feel super uncomfortable, because sometimes you do. Sometimes you do, in my situation, have to lie to a child, because they're not your children. So, you know, they'll ask a weird question, and it's not your place to answer, and you kind of have to not so much Like, where do babies come from kind of a thing? Yeah, and you just, you know, I mean, I try my best to just say, you know, that's a question for your parents, but if they push i mean you have to be super careful and i just i would never want to lie to a child when i don't have to it seems like an unnecessary evil and then there's also the whole element of okay so we constantly tell children don't worry about it honey there's no monster under your bed blah blah I don't blah say that to kids i say the monsters right that's because you're a bad person <laughs> you're a bad fucking person <laughs> see this is where the real santa claus things happen you just want to manipulate children that's your secret desire for santa claus whatever i mean it has we... nothing to do with anything uh about you know teaching them about skepticism it all has to do with your ability to manipulate a small little person i just think that everybody always has the oh don't lie to children children are just adults waiting to fucking yeah. be adults i say don't so lie what to i'm not gonna i don't want either. adult to grown up we lie to people all the time. You know, we I lie know, to them when we not... say, hey, that dress looks fantastic. <laughs> but it's not something you should be encouraging. I don't well, it's know. Only, I don't it's know. a limited form of encouragement. All you're doing. See, again, I'll reiterate. Totally I'll reiter- let me reiterate my position. My position is Interrupted. just that... Just for the record, interrupt. How long did that take exactly? I didn't say I wouldn't interrupt you, <laughs> so just... shut your mouth. <laughs> I just want to point out how long it took. <laughs> that's fine, but, you know, I just realized that if, if a person didn't listen to the last show... No, that's They fair. can't put it in context. No, so let me fair. just reiterate just my position that I think it is a great opportunity to show kids that adults are full of shit. 
And you know what? It's for me. It's it's a primitive child religion that we kind of encourage kids to grow out of. To, you know, to, to 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 have enough skepticism to start questioning the myth, saying like, "How is it that Santa goes to all these houses? He doesn't have all the time." You, know, you ever seen those crazy like people doing the math? It's like he would have to travel at the speed of light, and he would need like ten thousand reindeer and, and and all this other awesome ridiculousness uh, that I just love. Okay, it is teaching kids that you have to be skeptical about that. That's what I love about it. It's so. That's what I'm looking for. It's so subversive. Okay. It's not teaching kids that they have to be skeptical. Why not? Being skeptical is this weird side effect. I would agree, but it's certainly not teaching kids to be skeptical. What it's teaching children is that there is some sort of mystical beings that do exist, and this is being taught to children during the formative part of their youth. It creates a situation where there's a bit of a dichotomy. You can't say ghosts aren't real, God isn't real, all this shit, and then say, but Santa Claus, no, that makes perfect freaking sense. I mean, you're going to try and fuck a kid up by giving them these weird logical fallacies? I think not. And how about Halloween? Let's give Halloween, for example. Halloween's one of those holidays where it used to be that we would tell everybody, I mean, I guess everybody, it's not the same because grown-ups know that Santa Claus is fucking bullshit, and then we lie to kids for our own amusement. But in at <laughs> Halloween, we all used to think that spirits rose from the dead. But when we fucking smartened up and decided that was stupid <laughs> and that Halloween should just be about candy and costumes and the opportunity for women to dress a little bit sluttier than they normally do. See, that's what I like about Halloween. I love that about Halloween. You should see the costumes. They are... I love my costumes. Looking forward to them. <laughs> fucking awesome costumes. But it didn't... The holiday didn't lose anything when we stopped believing that spirits literally rose from the dead. We can still have a Christmas and a Santa Claus the same way we have a Halloween and spirits. Yeah, but let me let me just audit your little Halloween example. There's still lots of people that fucking believe in ghosts. In and fact, I think <laughs> Halloween should be used as a way for to teach adults because apparently adults <laughs> still believe in this bullshit that ghosts are not real. That the rattling you hear in the attic or the cr- you know crackling that you hear in your house it's just your fucking house but that's moving. not what I'm saying that's not what I'm saying I'm saying that Halloween without belief is still awesome I think Christmas without belief in Santa Claus is still awesome you can t- still have all the Santa fucking bullshit like he's coming you know we still say trick or treat we still do all the traditional things for Halloween that used to relate to spirits and uh, and we can still do those things for Christmas we can still put up the freaking cookies and we can still wrap the presents and put the name that Santa Claus is on it you just don't pretend that he's actually real it's I just it's gonna be, I think it's just as confusing if you're like, well, this is a myth. Okay, but I'm but still going to lay out the cookies. For the, record, for the record, the first time you and I talked, you were like, I'm going to totally be all about Santa Claus and I'm oh. going to put out little proofs. And oh, I'm, since I'm, then, sorry, I'm sorry that I sounded crazy when I said it, but you know what? I am a little crazy. Okay, I'm just saying that like a few months ago when we actually talked about this originally, you were saying that you were going to go completely crazy about Santa Claus and make it really, like really punch it into that child's head that that thing that that being... I don't like the use of the word punch <laughs> <laughs> I take objection to that word I I apologize for one of the words in my freaking sentence <laughs> I can say fuck but I can't say punch well, not when oh my say god punch the idea into a child <laughs> okay well it kind of puts it... a negative imagery here and I don't appreciate drive it. home the idea of Santa Claus and since then you're like I'm gonna kind of you know, make Santa Claus an idea that, but I'm and I'm not really going to say whether he exists or not because that's your new thing that you're not really going to say he exists. I haven't decided yet. You haven't even. I decided. haven't decided how how strongly I'm going to push it. That's the big question 
Because, you know, to some degree you might be right. Maybe pushing it really hardcore and constantly deceiving kids is a bad idea. But, you know, you said it yourself. Sometimes you do have to lie to kids. Because even the truth doesn't make any goddamn sense yeah, to well, them. Well, you have, exactly. But, I mean, in this situation, it's an unnecessary lie. I believe that sometimes you have to lie to a child just because their brains are not developed enough for them to understand the real answer. Well, let me tell you something. But the second they're able to understand that answer, why fucking still lie to them? Like, a seven-year-old can understand Santa Claus is a fucking myth. You don't have to pretend. I just think it's so dumb. It's so frustrating and dumb. I don't know why we're building you, you know what, though? this creature. I'm t- I'll tell you what. Why? If, if, if you ever have kids, and at some point you're going to want to... What's I'm looking for? Control their behavior. It's a pretty good way. <laughs> Every See, that parent is that my I talk other to argument. always... Say, well, you know what? It's easy for us to say because, you know, I don't have fucking kids. You don't have fucking kids. And, yeah. of course, we'd be like, I'm going to be a different parent. The fuck you are. Your kids are going to annoy the shit out I of spend... you at some point. You're going to be like, go to bed. Santa Claus is not going to give you any presents, you little <laughs> bastard. Get up there. Ugh, I spent eight hours a day with children. I w- could be ganged up on. I had 12 children for eight hours a day. And I know that's not the same as parenting. It's totally not the same as parenting. Totally not but for the record, you don't need a mystical being to suppress the behavior of a small child. You just need to outline hey, it the rules. pretty good with the masses. Why uh-huh. can't it work with the little ones? Besides, uh, by the you- time they reject it, I'm like, I think we should just encourage them to continue to reject every other system of belief that doesn't make sense, and it's not consistent. You know what? They're still going to have a little mini crisis of Santa Claus belief on their own, because you're saying, you know, he's just a myth, and somebody at school is going to say something different, and then you can say, I I think that would be a better solution to be like, because you're going to say whatever you want to say, you're going to be like, mommy believes that Santa Claus is a fucking myth, and then they go to school, and somebody tells them otherwise, and you say, you know what? You can believe whatever you want to believe, and that's where it comes from, but I'm not going to tell them that I think Santa Claus is real. That's just fucking dishonest for no reason. It's dishonest for an awesome reason. No, for no... There is a reason. Like I said before, it's it's just to make them see that even I... Even me, a trusted person, can lie to them if they They're think that it has that some kind of advantage. They're going to learn that anyway. They're going to learn that anyway without you ruining it. the fucking... It's not going to ruin it. I mean, who, who, who says that when you tell a kid that Santa's real that you're ruining anything? I'm not saying you're you do. You're crazy. I'm not saying that telling a child that Santa Claus exists is destroying that child. I think that lots of kids don't care about the whole Santa Claus thing. They get told he's not real and they're like, whatever, I don't care. But for a lot of children, it is a little bit upsetting for them to find out that their parent, the person they're supposed to trust, the person who's supposed to be their good close friend fucking lied to them for no reason well if for that was tr- if that was true people, every person that is upsetting if that was true every person that i've ever talked to that discovered that the santa claus myth wasn't true nobody sounded like they were really bummed out about I'm it. i'm not saying that everybody is but i'm saying there I is i mean like no person i've never spoken to a person that said that oh is no crap. someone taught taught me that santa was really wasn't i totally wasn't. have i have talked to people well, who are genuinely weird. upset you're weird genuinely and the p- they yes. were upset they were by upset that? You- what? That they got lied to. Were those people they atheists were or were they, were they religious? Sh- non-theists. Not necessarily atheists, but non-theist people. They were non-theists? Yeah. So like fence-sitter. <laughs> Agnostics, then. No, that's not the same. Well. Agnostic is like, I have decided to be a fence-sitter. Non-theist is like, I don't think about don't this shit, a shit at all. Yeah, <laughs> all right. Fair enough. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. Well, okay. Yeah. You know what? I think the re- at this point, we've reached that agree to disagree. So if you guys have any comments... Let us know what you think. Should we teach kids Santa as a way of tr- of trying to teach them about skepticism, or is it like Chris is saying, 
it's going to damage their brain. I'm not saying it's that is bullshit. That is what you said. You're lady. putting words in my mouth. I'm just saying easy. no, no, no. I'm just saying, okay. So the opposite to what you said yeah. is actually, is it an unnecessary lie? Is there better ways to teach that information other than lying to a child and creating a whole false being for them to worship? What I'm saying is that essentially the, the lie is, is going to be almost inevitable. So you might as well just go for it and use it to your advantage because everybody's going to fucking talk about it. It's not like Santa, at least in this. Hemisphere is a big deal. And yeah. you're just not going to be able to avoid it. It's the lie that's there already. So you yeah, might as well use it. People that's talk about think. ghosts. Are you going to tell your child, yeah, ghosts are real because people talk about it like it's real? No, you're not going to fucking do that. You're yeah, going to have some balls the beauty, and tell them ghosts are fake. The ghosts beauty, are made up. The, shut your mouth. The beauty <laughs> of, of Christmas, though, is that really the, the, the line they have to do is like a month long. And then everybody fucking forgets about it. With ghosts, you, it's... Their presence, quote unquote, can always be felt. But the great thing about Santa is he comes and goes. You know, it's just like, it's like a month of skepticism. That's what it's like. Skeptics month. No, That's it's not. Like. It's a month of believing until the child eventually figures out that you lied to them. That's for no That's perfect. Reason. That's what I want. I want my child to know that I'm a liar. There is a camp in the states that, that the skeptics camp. They have a thing for kids every year where they try and disprove the existence of this mystical being at camp and it's like I can't remember it's like skeptic camp or something. Actually no, that's the grown-up one I think. But anyway, I didn't do enough research. But <laughs> it exists. <laughs> now you make me look bad. I think that's a better <laughs> system. If you really want a child to to develop that skepticism, that's a good way. That's a healthy way. A non-healthy way is by lying to them oh and my like God. And uh, and Such teaching them that their parent joy. is not what, <laughs> not a big deal. I love Santa Claus just for that because it's not a big deal. It's right there. Kids get to be skeptical. I don't think skeptical. it's a big deal it's either. Awesome. I don't think it's a big deal either. There's... Which is why I don't think it's worth lying to a child for. Well, if it's not a big deal, then it totally is worth it. Because it's, I mean, it's just going to be You're there insane. as an afternoon. What, whatever. We're gonna let Crazy. we're gonna let the fans decide. All right, Crazy. you guys get to decide. Yeah, because everything decided by democracy is true. Let's, exactly. Let's all vote on the sex of a cat. Hey, shut your mouth. I just still want to know what people think. Stop okay. discouraging them from responding. I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm just God. saying. The vote will not determine shit. You're fired. Okay, let's talk <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about your former beliefs. Because, okay. um, you know, as I've mentioned before on the show. Trying to avoid the embarrassing one. <laughs> now you get to be embarrassed. As I've mm. mentioned in some of the other shows, I was really never a believer, so... You know, I don't. I guess I don't have the, that frame of mind of saying I used to think differently. So it's always interesting for me to talk to people who have been in that position. And uh, the fall from grace. The fall from grace. So I want you grace. to tell us a little bit about your religious history, if you can. All right. Um. Okay. How do you? How is the best? All right. Let's start with this. Let's because I need to create some sort of context. I mean, first of all, I was born in Saskatchewan, moved to Alberta. So I mean, two most conservative provinces. In Canada, that's basically been my life. My grandmother, who just recently passed away, was so religious that the priest had been... The, uh, the priest for the church that she went to had retired about six years before my grandmother passed away. He came out of retirement to do her funeral. It is the only funeral he ever came out of retirement for, period. This is so how... she was super church lady. She was super church lady. All of the flowers that were in the church on Sunday were from my grandmother's garden. She volunteered for the church. My grandpa was hugely religious. The other side of my family is a little less religious. They're more like uh, spiritual, like 
you know, when my great-grandmother died, this is the other side of the family, um, my aunt grabbed my arm and she's like, I'm next, I can feel it in the air. Like, they're that kind of religious. Oh, boy. I know. But also, like, that, that great-grandmother, she had a nun that visited her every weekend so she, she could do prayers. I mean, my family, I mean, a generation back is pretty religious. And um, I guess when my, my, my dad and my mom got pregnant with me really early, and uh, and they just sort of decided that they would raise me that way as well, even though my dad was never really all that into it. I mean, I guess he just thought that's what you did because that's what he was taught. So it's like the parenting manual one one: teach exactly. them religion. Exactly. So I went to Catholic school, and we went to church on Sundays, and I went to. Um, and you believe, right? I believed totally. I was into. You that. had a personal relationship with Jesus. I Christ? I had a best friend, and his name was Jesus Christ. Did you ever have a crush on him? No. No. You no. weren't quite old enough to actually have a crush. No, on I I kind of got over it before I got all horny. <laughs> what a what a way to describe that. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. That's exactly how I see it in my head. It's like no more religion. A couple years later. Well, tell tell me the story. What was that exactly. moment where you really? Stop believing, because you know you can always trace it back to to, to a, a moment where you're just like, huh? Well, and I, I I've talked to a lot of people who had kind of the fall from grace and uh, you know the crisis of faith, and for a lot of people actually, it's sort of this slow process. Like but there's this, always that th- the, the initial question that makes always. you want to seek it. No, not always. For me, it totally was. I can boil it down to a moment, but that's actually not all that common. Usually, it's you know people just start to feel sort of skeptical and then they start doing more research and well, they do have a moment that they stopped believing. Okay, but, what, but they didn't have the moment where they started going, what the hell? Well, what's your moment then? Well, my moment, I had the moment where I was like, what the hell? But my stop believing moment didn't happen. I'm kind of the opposite. My stop, my starting to wonder about things, um, I think I was about 12 or 13. And uh, what had happened was we went to a Remembrance Day celebration and Okay, d- church celebrations are so freaking boring for kids. I was always super bored out of my skull, but I really liked them. Like, I would turn my brain on and off periodically, where sometimes I'd be imagining that there was, like, crap going on, like ninjas attacking, so that I could ninjas not... Ninjas attacking the church? Just to k- occupy my brain. And then oh. sometimes I'd pay attention. Like, Weird the up. one priest we had... Shut up. Well, the one priest we had, I really, really liked. He was a good orator, and he was fun to listen to. And I really, really liked him. So I'm, like, imagining shit and totally daydreaming. And then he comes up to the podium, and I switch my brain, and I start paying attention. And uh, it's a Remembrance Day. <laughs> For one of those rare times where I finally <laughs> turned my brain on. Exactly. Like, what's he talking about now? What's going on? I like this guy. Okay. But uh, I start paying attention, and um, he's got the whole bunch of, um, you know, men dressed in their... Veterans? Veterans, yeah. Men dressed in... <laughs> men dressed in outfits. I believe these are veterans. Other, <laughs> the only other thing they, they might be in... are actors. <laughs> doesn't mean that they're in military garb. Like, they're properly dressed for the occasion. Okay. And uh, the priest says... I am so glad to have these members of our armed forces here with us today because God takes sides, and it's good to know we're on the right side. And I just kind of went, meh? (laughs) What? And it was like I had never listened to him before. I just, in that moment... Who are you? Totally. I was like, have I ever really listened to this shit ever before in my life? And I just... Well, evidently not. You were thinking about ninjas the whole time. (laughs) It probably didn't help. God ninjas. Okay, dude, I honestly think that's part of how you you get sucked into the religious culture. Because you're like, it's it's so boring. You don't listen to the details. You can't. It's like you just hidden in plain sight. in the eyeball. Hidden in plain sight. Let me tell you the story of Alicia and how 42 youths who made fun of his baldness were attacked and killed by she-bears. <laughs> and you're like, story. say, what? 
what? Yeah. Attack, attacked ch- little children. Little children were making fun of him, and God said bears to eat the children. Not just bears. She bears. She bears. <laughs> On the rag. As opposed to regular bears. <laughs> well, you know, a bear during menstruation could be much more deadly. <laughs> oh, what the hell that was about. What the hell? So but- anyway, so, okay, so you started, your your brain goes off saying, what's this about? Yeah, and I mean... Uh, Picking sides. I was just... I kind of felt like, I don't think the God I've been believing in this whole time does. I think we have a different God. And that was... It wasn't... God doesn't exist. It was just sort of like, this is not my religion. So I went um, looking around, and I bought a whole bunch of books, knowing Christianity, a whole bunch of books on Islam, and of course Buddhism, because like, Buddhism is the first step on your way to atheism for a lot of people, I think. It's like, it's not really religion, it's just a philosophy, it sounds really pretty, still bullshit, still lots no, of bullshit. it is still a religion. I mean, I, I've heard that... It's just I've heard that so. bullshit. It's, it's not a really religion. It absolutely ab... Absolutely, even it's Dawkins refuses. Even Dawkins kind of refuses to mention it as religion in his book. In the God Delusion, he kind of he kind of sideswipes it right at the beginning of the book. He's like, "That's kind of more of a philosophy." I think I think Buddhism is one of those things where it's like, absolutely, it is a religion, but it's also really uh, convoluted and mysterious, and so it's just it's just so weird that well, there are different types of yeah. Buddhism. That's yeah, absolutely. it's kind of like how there are different forms of Hinduism. There's the Hinduism where there's a whole bunch of gods. And then there's the Hinduism, which believes that all reality is an illusion, um, and that you know it's kind of like there, there's a poor person version of Hinduism with gods, so that the <laughs> idiots can understand him. And then there's the elite version, where there are no gods, and it's all just basically in your own brain, and you're experiencing a dream, and you're a butterfly, yeah. and blah 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 blah. So a person could look at that Hinduism and say, "Well, Hinduism isn't a religion; it's a philosophy." And you're like, "No, any system that has kind of like you know uh, deity uh, worship. Not only does deity worship, but a certain dogma. I mean, mm. people who believe in Buddhism believe in reincarnation, believe in karma. These are dogmas. These are fucking dogmas. And a person could say, "Oh no, that's just a philosophy." No, sir, it is a hidden religion. You know, it fooled I think, you. Here's one of the problems. I mean, that's a language issue more than anything. I mean, have we really defined what religion is? Because the problem with that is, yeah, I would consider that a religion as well. But maybe someone else has a different dis- definition of what religion is. I, I mean, don't care what religion the English is. Language I care is more about what religion does. Yeah, okay, that's fair. That's how I define it. If you're a fucking, <laughs> if you're a bullshit artist giving me some kind of goddamn unbelievable dogma that cannot be defended in any sort of sense, and that I have to sort of take on face value... Ta-da, you're a religion, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's My get back to your story. Goodness. So you you start you go to Buddhism. What's very well, briefly. Very briefly. Very briefly. Okay, what's I just, next? What, I just what happened next? Read a, I just I don't know. I just surfed around, navigated around. I got into like new age bullshit for a while, which is embarrassing. Really, really, really. No, you, you wanted to avoid talking about it. She's I'm like, not, I'm not going to. Let's not. not talk about all this stuff that I did because it's too embarrassing. Look, it's what I, you, you want embarrassing? Number one, do you not know that I've had recorded some? I don't know how many shows, and I've been definitely wrong on some of these podcasts that I've put up. That's real embarrassment. And I mean, I, I went mm-hmm. ghost hunting for God's sakes. Did you ever do anything as embarrassing as ghost hunting? I. I had a coven. <laughs> That's pretty, wicked coven. Hey, I, when I, you were in that coven, did you shave your legs? Did you shave your legs while in the coven? I don't know what that means. I remember. I don't know that, what, I think I don't care. The whole, well, <laughs> no, no, no. Because because here's the thing. I remember back uh, when I was in college, there was a wicked coven, and those girls, like, they didn't shave oh. their legs, they didn't wear deodorant, and they would basically have these crazy drum parties. <laughs> 
in the middle of the night, See, dancing think, sort of like wild goddess dances. Wow. I think I never really committed to anything. If I have to be totally honest, I never really committed enough to anything to go that far. I mean, even when I was in the coven, it was just like me and my two best Girl friends. Power. Yeah, we didn't do spells, and we didn't fucking do any oh. of that shit. We just had sleepovers. No love potions? No love potions. Oh. No love potions. But, I mean, we we kept... You know, one thing I do appreciate about the New Age movement is that it really encourages journaling, and I l- kept that in my life. I started journaling when I got into that, and I've been journaling ever since. What do you it. mean it, it, it tells you to... You're to... supposed to keep a book of shadows, which is a re- record... <laughs> I know, I know. That's so corny. It's book of shadows. super the corny. Book of shadows. What is it? It's a personal journal. It's a totally... It's all it is. It's a personal journal. I mean, and it was a personal journal for me because I didn't do any spells, but you're also supposed to, like... Write spells in there? Write... Record the spells you have done. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, for embarrassing. For Any of you out there that sort of like likes <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, you can feel cooler than Wiccans. Because at least you know when to separate I feel, here's, spells you know during role-playing and spells <laughs> in real life. Here's, here's the most embarrassing part, okay, was that... I went through this, I think, my dad has never really been all that religious. I mean, in my family now, my brother and I are out atheists, and my dad came out a while ago as well. I mean, I guess he just didn't really think about it much before, and then I read The God Delusion, I gave it to him, and I think he was atheist before that, but that really solidified it for him. It's kind of like you don't believe, but you don't know you don't believe. Exactly. You never really thought about it, because exactly. it didn't fucking matter. And, and my dad was always kind of like, whatever religion. Like, he didn't, he didn't really care. And um, But now he's much more angry about it, which is awesome, because it's a... <laughs> Point of bonding. But I think my dad was the most disappointed because when I kind of had my crisis of faith, I think I think he almost saw, like, my daughter is such an intellectual. I'm so proud of her. And look at her wow. doing research. And then, and then you know, two years after that, like, there was two years of crazy pride in my dad, dad's eyes. And then when I was about 14, I did what they call coming out of the broom closet as a Wicca. Oh and I, I know, I'm a loser. And... My poor father. They call it a broom closet? That that's is what so they say. cheesy. It is super cheesy. But um, I think for that whole year that I was pegging, my poor father was just so embarrassed to have ever conceived me. He was like, ugh, especially because he felt the swelling pride before of, of having a daughter that was just sort of like questioning and doing research and trying to find her place in the world. And then, you know, the place I found was bullshit. <laughs> Seeping pile of you steaming bullshit. You went to Wiccan. Uh, but he, you know, I remember for Christmas uh, that year, he bought me a book called Knowing White Witchcraft. I think that was my dad being like, even if you're a moron, I still love you. Like That's so sweet. <laughs> it was sweet and depressing, but... Mm. It's all... What, you were 14 at the time, you say? Yeah. 14? I mean, everyone's an idiot at 14. I know, but that's particularly And I'm sure that there are 14-year-olds listening to the show right now that would fully admit that they're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Except Sorry. for the ego. You've got ego at 14. Yeah, but sure. I mean, I, I, I'd i like to think that in 10 years, I'm going to be a lot smarter than I am now. There's no, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all idiots about certain things. The The trick is to not be an idiot about the stuff that matters. I suppose. And you know what? I, I don't really regret my, my religiosity and <clears throat> my search and my wake up because <laughs> it has, I do have a different uh, perspective from which I come when it comes to my hatred of religion. It's, it's, it's I think, more um, emotionally conscious because I do get it. I get it. I was there. I do understand. I mean, I, I wanted so badly to keep my imaginary friend. It was comforting. I didn't want to have to believe that I was 
powerless and unspecial. And I mean, and I, that I, the world was cold and unfeeling. Exactly. And I mean, I don't feel that anymore because you know, when when you become atheist, uh, I mean, I don't know if you went through this, but when I really became atheist, it was a really depressing month because two things happened. One. For the first couple weeks, I really had to admit to how embarrassingly fucking naive I'd been up until that point, and that was really hard for my ego. And then the second thing that happened was I had to kill everyone who had ever died in my life. And at that point, I had experienced quite a bit of death, and I really did. I had to go back and kill everyone because I'm never going to see them again. And up until that point, I had held this place in my heart thinking, well, when I get to heaven or when blah, 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 and I will get to see these people again. And they're not really gone and they're kind of still here with me, but they're not. They're fucking dead. And that was the most <laughs> depressing thing. It wasn't, you know what? It wasn't even dealing with my own mortality. I, okay, to be totally honest, I'm not sure I've done that yet. But You really haven't. I can guarantee you. <laughs> but I, I think I did that a little bit. That was way less scary than thinking that all these people that I really cared about, I was seriously, they were just fucking gone. They were just gone. And, and that was really hard. Although when my last grandparent passed away, I felt like, you know, I was really, really sad when she died. More sad than I'd been when, you know, my previous relatives had passed away. But I got over it better. You know what I mean? Like, when she was dead at the funeral, I cried like a freaking little baby. But then the week after, it was way better. And then the week after that, it was way better. And now I, I'm not even sad about it at all. Like, I almost feel that when you mourn as an atheist, it's harsher but more healthy. I think, well, like you said before, you might you may be mourning for a little less time than everybody else because I think to some degree, if you, if you if you hold the hope that the, you'll see the person again, I think that is unhealthy. You know, it's now you're just constantly thinking about them. Where you're like, oh, I wonder what this person's doing up in heaven. They're fucking dead, man. It's like it is time to forget them because otherwise, it's just going to be painful. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do about the fact that someone died. And you know what? It's funny because when you told me that story and you had suggested uh, Julia Sweeney's Letting Go of God, and uh, I think that book actually gave me a better insight as to how people who were formerly religious and become atheist, what they go through. But I never really had to deal with that, killing off anybody. But I've, I'll be honest, I have not suffered a lot of loss. I mean, apart <laughs> from a cousin that was close that killed himself when he was 16, and my grandparents, both of which I really, like my grandmother my grandfather, and my other grandmother, none of whom I was really particularly close with, eh, death doesn't seem really that real to me, in a sense. Maybe, oh my god, maybe I'll convert to a religion when one of them dies. Oh, Probably don't even not. say that. <laughs> don't give hope to those people, because it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. But you're, uh, you know what, in a sense... You are pot committed when it comes to atheism. <laughs> I know, I've got too much invested. Way too much invested. Way too much. What is this, episode number 76? Way too much. Yeah. You know, I'm when I by the time I reach episode 100, it's just it's all over. Can I just mention, just in case people go looking for Julia Sweeney's Letting Go of God, it's actually a one-woman show. It's not a book, but there is audio versions of it that have been recorded that you can listen to. But it's not actually a book, so okay, well, you can't like go to chapters book. and get. Why it doesn't it. she make it a book? I don't know. I think she should. It's a great story. Well, I think it's because you lose a lot in, in I think in the writing because it's so much about the way she tells it. I don't know. I think I, I think it would be fine as a book. Damn. It doesn't always have to be just a book. I was a little show. upsetting that it wasn't a book actually. When I first heard it and then and then you can hear an excerpt excerpt. What word am I looking for? I don't want to say it cuz I'm going to sound like a fool. 
Can Choose get... another word. Sample. <laughs> there is a clip of it. <laughs> if you go to TED Talks, the TED Talks website, and uh, she did a bit of it on a for, a, for one of their conferences, and they have it on, on the on their website. If you, you search know, well, you know Julia what? Sweeney. I'm going to just actually put a it. link on that. On, or on the we could do that. That would be a lot easier. Oops. Nobody follows instructions very well. Hey, you know what you should also put a link to? What's that? Uh, oh, My Science. Uh, oh, yes, that's right. Uh, that's something I wanted to talk about. This show's actually know, going was, on pretty long. I was doing a segue. Oh, yeah. We don't really do segues in this show. Segues oh. are terrible. They're I was always trying terrible. to... Okay, here's... Is I don't know if uh, any of you guys who listen... Uh, if you're if you're big on Twitter, uh, go to ohmyscience.org, uh, and it's it's a delightful little site that basically takes reads Twitter feeds, and every time someone says, oh, my God, or for the love of God, they replace God with science. <laughs> and anytime somebody writes in a Twitter... Oh my science or thanks science, they give you a gold star. So you get to go on there and see how often people use the word God or even what's cool about it is how often people use the word science, which according to Carissa here, has been augmenting for quite some time. So this is this is a little bit of a movement, people. So go to Oh My Science and when you write your tweets, think about getting a gold star. You're gonna want a gold star now. Yeah, because their web bot's pretty efficient. Like if you if you put you know oh my science in your tweet, the the uh, oh my science dot org will probably pick it up. Their their web bot's pretty decent. Yeah, but what are you gonna do? You're gonna write it, then you're gonna wait for it to show up. On no, the site? you wouldn't wait for it to show up. But you just know that somebody might have seen it, or even if they didn't, like you're just part of the movement. But sometimes I have it going in the corner of my screen, like the oh my science website, and just watching the feeds, you know, cycle through, just because it's fun. But I think it's interesting to see in what context people use God. At least in their tweets, so that's what's quite entertaining about the site. All I, uh, if if you forget about the site, just go to the uh, just go to uh, goodatheist.net. I actually wrote a little article about it. It's definitely pretty funny, and it seems that people who hear about it love it. So <laughs> I, I'm not suggesting maybe bookmarking it, but hey, when you tweet, think about putting the word science. Now, before we go, I want to mention two things. Number one, the obvious. Hey, if you love the show, we'd love for you to have uh, to become a patron. You get uh, access to all our bonus shows, which is now up to number 35 or 36. They're good. I am a patron. <laughs> Carissa is a patron. and I paid also, for that shit. And also, <laughs> I'll be putting a link to Carissa's site. Um, she has a new DVD that she just released on Fire Eating. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, it's a DVD on fire eating. Yeah, other than that. <laughs> okay, um, uh, it's uh, it's the first North American produced how to fire eating DVD. It's also the most concise way to learn how to eat fire. Um, learning how to eat fire is actually surprisingly easy. It's just all about understanding, you know, certain elements of how to work with the material, and it, it's and how to be safe. Hopefully. And how to be safe. There's an extensive safety section which includes an interview we did with a really experienced firefighter and like some cartoons to kind of work through some stuff. It teaches you how to build a torch. Uh, pretty much everything you need to know about fire. And then I, I do have uh, some extra videos on the learnfireeating.com site. If, um, you know, if, I don't know, anytime that somebody asks me a question that might not be in the DVD, which has been super rare, actually. Anytime somebody asks me a question, I'm like, that's actually in the DVD. But the times that that doesn't happen, I try and make little YouTube videos, you know, to supplement the resource. So it's just going to be a growing resource for a while. Sounds fun. So any of you who like the idea of putting fire in your mouth for the purpose of eating, Woot. go check out her site. Okay, with that, we'll catch everybody for the bonus show in just a few days. And until then, have a good atheist day, everybody. Bye.